Well, how encouraging is that, right? Do you ever get tired of just watching life after life head into the waters of baptism? I pray that we never tire of that. And I come back off of a four-month sabbatical, and I've entitled this little series we're going to do for these three weeks, Clearly. And it's uh, an attempt to try to put to words and give a little backdrop to what happened during four months of allowing the sediment of everyday life to settle a little bit, and what can you see a little more clearly into after you take a step back and a step away from some things. And so it was based out of Psalm 37.7. You guys remember that kind of a guiding verse for my time away? It was, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. And the guiding metaphor image was this jar of water that was all shaken up and stirred up, and it's so cloudy when it's shaken up and stirred up, but if you let it sit still, even last week I had a jar of the white river, ironically, up here. It was far from white when it was shaken and stirred, but as it set still for a period of time, the sediment began to settle, and we began a discussion about what do we see a little more clearly when we do that? And I started last week by talking about God's love. One of the things I come back to share with you is after four months of letting the sediment settle, I'm seeing a little more clearly the raging river of God's unconditional love out of Romans 8, that nothing can separate us. I'm convinced of it. You know, that life nor death, present nor the future, angels nor demons, there's nothing in all of creation that can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. It is a raging river flowing through the canyon of our lives, and we would do well to heed Riverman's advice from last week to lean into that current. Anybody been leaning into that current from last week? Because it's so good, Right? So God's love, I come back to say, I've seen that a little more clearly and the implications of that. And this morning, I'd like to share briefly under the second pillar, I'm I'm seeing a little more clearly God's gifts. So if you have a Bible with you, open it up to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. I want to share three specific gifts that I feel like God's given me and hopefully us some clarity in. James 1 verse 17 says this. This word, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. I'm seeing the gift of new life in Jesus a little more clearly. The gift of what we just heard, 15 different iterations of this story. The gift that it is to live everyday life with Jesus, in Jesus, for Jesus, and through Jesus. Do we realize that is an unbelievable gift? That the God of the universe sent his son that we might find life in him. I'm seeing that a little more clearly. That is a gift that is in the category of breathtaking. Especially when I know what I know about my life and then I know from his word what he knows about my life. That he says, hey Simpson, here's an invitation. You can live your one and only life on this earth with Jesus. You get to live this with God life. That's an unbelievable gift. An unbelievable gift that we get to experience this grace that we've been singing about and hearing these stories. The gift that it is that once we were kind of blind and lost and wandering around in the darkness and now we get to see and he brings light and he brings hope and he brings forgiveness. That's an unbelievable gift. The gift that we spoke about last week, that his love is unconditional. 
His grace is sufficient. His sacrifice is complete. That's a gift. It's such an amazing gift. And that's available to anyone at any time. It doesn't matter what you've strayed into. It doesn't matter how long you've strayed into it. There is no pit so deep that God's reach is not deeper still. I'm seeing that a little more clearly. Anybody else seeing that a little more clearly? That's an amazing gift. An invitation open even this morning. If you're on the outside looking into some of this story, this morning you can move to the inside of the story. All you have to do is join what you just heard those folks say in the tanks. I come to Jesus just as I am, and I invite him to make all things new in me. I confess my need for him. I acknowledge my sin. I turn to Christ. And the amazing gift of grace is he takes you just as you are, and he loves you enough not to leave you that way. Hallelujah, right? I know your spouse is saying hallelujah right now. Hallelujah for that, right? That's a gift. So I'm coming back seeing that a little more clearly. The gift of new life in Jesus and a personal experience during the sabbatical that kind of anchored this particular gift of clarity was the time I spent in Israel at this site. We were able to go to the Garden of Gethsemane. Here's an image from the olive grove trees. This is in Jerusalem. So in the early part of June, I was able to spend 10 days in Israel. Three or four of those days we spent in the city of Jerusalem. One of those days we actually got to spend a good chunk of time walking the last several hours of Jesus as he was spending time in the olive grove. Those are the trees, by the way, that they believe were still there when Jesus was spending his final night praying. And the disciples were sleeping. You know the story in Matthew 26. Jesus like, hey, I need you to stand watch and pray with me. Those are the trees and that's the pathway that they believe those olive, so it's a large olive grove section there. Gethsemane, the name Gethsemane, so it's a garden of Gethsemane. That name literally comes from a, a word that is referring to an olive press. So when you press the olive, so the juice or the, um, would flow out, the oils would flow out of the olive, that press is where the word Gethsemane, or grapes, when grapes go through that for a winery to get the juice, that's that word Gethsemane. So this is a place where there's a pressing or a compressing of Jesus Life And now, next slide, here's what the church. So this is the church setting. The olive groves are on the outside. Here's the actual church that's seated kind of like they, the Roman Catholic Church built. It's called the Basilica of Agony. Basilica is just a big word for church, Church of Agony in Jerusalem. And I know you can't maybe see the details of it, but the mosaic at the top of your, that's what the entrance of the church looks like, by the way. And it's kind of a uh, mosaic of his Garden of Gethsemane time. And then do you see the top there? Can you see the cross at the top? Do you see the two deer on each side? That's to symbolize Psalm 42. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. And then inside the church, next slide, this is the altar area on the inside of the church. So when the archaeologists found this slab of rock, this is a very large slab of rock, and they're pretty confident on this one. They're pretty confident this is the very slab of rock that Jesus fell on his face on his last night of praying and cried out the infamous prayer we hear often repeated. Lord, is there any other way? Yet not my will, but 
yours be done. You remember the whole sequence in Matthew 26? This is his Garden of Gethsemane prayer. This is his prayer of surrender. This slab of rock is where they believe Jesus fell on his face and cried out that prayer. So when the church solidified that this was the rock, they just built a sanctuary right over the top of the rock. That's the front of the church. You need to picture like the sanctuary. This is the big slab of rock right here and it's still an active cathedral today and they still hold mass there today. And so when there's not mass going on, so the priest is serving communion and a leading mass from the slab of rock, when that's not taking place, they allow the public. It's open 24-7, 365. The public can come in and they open up the altar area and you can come and kneel at that rock. And church, it's, it's hard to put into words the swell of emotion that comes when you physically get to that space and you drop to your knees and I placed my hands out on that rock and I don't know who snapped that picture, it's someone in our group and they sent it to me later, but just that, that swell of emotion to just kind of identify with this moment of surrender in Jesus and knowing what's to come for him in the story. And literally the nations of the world are kneeling beside you. The least spoken language by that rock was English. I guarantee that. I might have been the only English speaking one by that rock, which is a little window into glory, right? Us North Americans who think we're kind of the center of everything, I think when we get to glory, we're gonna realize we're, you know, we're way down the list when it comes to the larger populations of Jesus followers in this globe, and you, you kneel at this rock, and, and there's all these languages and nations around you, and everyone's in the same posture. They're just prostrate, either head pressed to the rock, hands weeping, praying, crying out, it was a moment that will forever be ingrained in my heart and mind of the unbelievable gift of God's love that's unconditional, his grace that is completely sufficient, and his sacrifice that is complete. I was just overwhelmed by it. And then when I rose to step back to walk away from it, I just kind of stood behind and I just watched hundreds and hundreds of people and they say that that's what it's like, 24-7, 365, just hundreds and hundreds of people. The same kind of moment when there's an identification that Jesus laid it all down right there that we might. I was just thinking, Lord, if you didn't surrender on this rock here, I'm not kneeling here. Like, I'm only here because of what you did. And that's an unbelievable gift. And I come back to say to you, I'm seeing that a little more clearly. The treasure of the gift of an invitation to live everyday life with Jesus. Because James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of heavenly lights, every single one. And secondly, I'm seeing the gift of the present moment a little more clearly than I have in a while. The gift of right here. The gift of right now. The gift of the last 45 minutes or so that we've been singing together and watching these baptisms together and hearing these stories together. Uh, the gift of community together. The gift of shared history together. The gift of being where my feet are. Does anybody else struggle with being where your feet are? If you look down right now, your feet are right here. You're in the sanctuary of Jesus' house called Eagle Church. Your feet are here. The question I have through the sabbatical is, Simpson, where are you? Your feet are here. 
I can get so consumed in life with what's next and what's to come. I get so preoccupied with what's next, I fail to enjoy and embrace what is right here, right now. I can be 20% in five places out there versus 100% present right here with you in this moment, right here and right now. And I'm seeing this a little more clearly. Does anybody else struggle with just being in the sacrament of the present moment? Because this moment, church, is a gift of grace from the Father of heavenly lights. This moment is a gift. This experience we're having together this morning is a gift. The meal we're going to share together to celebrate and watch the kids and grandkids run all over the place, that's a good gift of grace. The food we share, the fellowship we share, the friends we meet, the hugs we get to share with those who were dunked this morning in the waters of baptism, that's all a gift. It's the present moment. And I come back seeing a little more clearly this tension between trying to live dozens of places out there versus being present right where my feet are, right here, right now. The gift of right now. This is a gift. Like the gift to wake up this morning with breath of life in our lungs and a reasonably sound body that we could actually physically get here and a mind that is reasonably sharp and, and an ability to gather with God's people and experience. This is a gift. And some of you have had a front row seat to when the gift of everyday life comes to an end, you start recognizing afresh the gift that this day and this moment is. And I come back seeing that a little more clearly. Because when you walk with someone who comes to the end of their earthly life, one of the reflections I tend to have being in those settings with those families is I tend to drive home and all the stuff I was preoccupied with with what's next, it all starts settling. The sediment starts settling and I just start seeing the sacrament of the present moment and just hearing loud and clear, hey, Simpson, just be where your feet are. Present right here, right now. So the gift of new life in Jesus, that's a gift I'm seeing a little more clearly. The gift of the sacrament of the present moment, I'm seeing that a little more clearly. And then thirdly, the gift of the great people God's put in my life. As James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of heavenly lights. You guys gave me an unbelievable gift of four months away to let this sediment settle, and one of the treasures of that time away was to recognize the wonderful people in God's sovereignty he's decided to insert into my life. Many of you know my wife really well. Do you know what an amazing woman my wife is? Like Kendra, where are you, sunshine? Kendra Simpson, you're probably over here somewhere. She's usually season tickled over, holder over on this side, but she's a treasure of grace that God has given me. 25-year anniversary we celebrated this summer. And we dated for eight years before we got married, so she's known me for 33 of my 48 years of life. Anyone who's put up with this tall, skinny, bald guy for 33 out of 48 years? She's unbelievable. Her humility, her kindness, her godliness, and her prayerfulness, I'm seeing a little more clearly for the treasure of the gift of the woman that God has given me to live this everyday life with Jesus with. 
And then along the way, he gave us two unbelievable daughters, 16-year-old Lily and 12-year-old Kaylin, 13-year-old Kaylin. You kidding? I mean, she's like, these two are, they're amazing. And I get to be their dad. And I got to have times with them where I just got to have this front row seat to, I get to be like this girl's dad and watch the growth and development of these young lives. Like many of the parents this morning around the tank, this was a moment, right, mom and dad today, where you just kind of look into the tank and several of you have young people in the tank today and you just kind of, it's just a freeze frame in time, is it not? Where you just go, look at what God is doing with this life. Many times, hear this parents, in spite of us. Because one thing you learn as a parent is you're not very good at it. At least I'm not, I try to be. But so often we just kind of mess it up and we get it wrong and these gifts that God gives us and these children that are so full of love and grace and joy and yes, many challenges along the way. But what a gift it is to be a parent and to raise two beautiful daughters like Lily and Kaylin. I'm coming back to you to report. I'm seeing that a little more clearly than I've seen in a while. And then to extrapolate that out to mentors in my life. I got to spend time with Clyde and Deb Christensen and Sundar and Shamla Krishnan and some of these amazing people in my life. God has inserted decades ago in my life and to sit with them during sabbatical and to see this is a gift of grace that's come down from the Father of heavenly lights. This relationship that's been so formative and continues to be. So the, the mentors and then extrapolate out to the staff and the elders around here who led so well in my absence, who carried on, things went so great as I reported last week, which was such a testimony that Eagle Church is not about any one person or personality. This is Jesus' church, bought with Jesus' blood, built on Jesus' name. It's gonna flourish and continue and be long after I'm dead and gone, Eagle Church is gonna be just fine because it's not about one person, personality, or name. And we got a front row seat to that for four months. Right, the services and the ministries and all the fruit, all the stuff flourished just fine. Well, I was on the other side of the planet just fine. That's such a gift of grace to see all these amazing people and then to run it out to this room right here. Some of you, we spent decades together. Isn't that a gift of grace? Even around the tank this morning, hugging some of you, remember, right? We remember we were together in the Family Life Center when that child was brought into the world. And here we are around the tank together. Isn't that a gift to do those moments together? You're an amazing community of people, and we get to be together for such a time as this. And I'm seeing this a little more clearly. Look at these amazing people that make up this body called Eagle Church, and we get to do life and ministry together. The times when we're bawling our eyes out in the deepest valleys and darkest days, and the times we're standing on the mountaintop like today, and we're rejoicing, and the tears that are flowing are ones of joy, and all the ordinariness in between. That's a gift that comes down from the Father of heavenly lights. And by his grace, I'm seeing that a little more clearly. And so one of my prayers is perhaps some of the sediment that's been allowed to settle in my own life, some of the clarity that God has brought to some of these things. Maybe there's a bit of a splash, a wave that you get to experience too. Maybe, I don't know, I'm part, partly why I wanted to share some of these things with you and, and just let you kind of, some of the inside workings of all this is, is perhaps this is a time in our own lives where we just ask, 
How about the gift of Jesus' new life? When's the last time I just paused and reflected on this amazing thought that through Christ, I can live my one and only life with God? And that reality goes on for all of eternity. When's the last time we just kind of let that settle into the point where it just wonder and awe flowed? Maybe this morning. I don't know. Or how about the gift of the present moment? When's, maybe somebody else is struggling in here, like at times I do, we're just being where your feet are. Maybe this morning helps just settle down and say, you know what? What if we just all take a collective deep breath and just say, you know what? Here's the gift. This moment right here is what we have. We have this moment together right here and right now. And this is a gift. And let's embrace it. The sacrament of this present moment for all that it is. Even the present moment in the difficult days. The present moment of the mountaintop days and the present moment of ordinariness of all in between. That's a present moment. Or maybe, maybe today's a day where you recognize perhaps the person you're seated around or the persons you're seated around or maybe the persons you'll be seeing all through the week. The gift of the great people God has placed in your life. And some of you have been hurt deeply by some people in your life. And as you look beyond that hurt, I suspect what you will see is the gift of grace of other people God's inserted to help you heal from what was very damaging with a person or persons. He's still good in what? He inserts just the right person at just the right time for just the right situation. And maybe, maybe for us as a church family, we just all kind of open our eyes again and recognize this is an amazing gift that we have together called the community in Jesus' name that we get to share and do life in all of its seasons together. So I come back to report. I'm, I'm seeing that a little more clearly. So like Riverman last week, we lean into the current of his love. Uh, this week, it's, we're going to let the sediment settle and see a little more clearly into this father of heavenly lights that every good and perfect gift flows down from his hands. And he is a good and generous and gracious God. I close with this word. I put in your notes, I believe, this kind of prayer slash poem by Ted Loader. I thought it kind of summarized well what I was driving at today. Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful to be alive. Thankful for those times when the rhythms of life catch the cadences of your kingdom. When there is a, a lightning in me for a moment. When the creep of courage allows me to dare to serve the gifts you have put in me. Thankful for the neighbors you have put beside me and the possibilities you have put before me. Thankful for the surge of determination to accept difficulty, not as an excuse for passivity, but as a goad to creativity, as the door to abundant life and the seed of peace the world cannot take away. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for these gifts of grace that we know flow from your hands, a father of heavenly lights. Thank you for helping us this morning see a little more clearly into the amazing gift of new life in Jesus. And we just wanna pause right now, and if you're here, maybe you came to kind of support those in the tank today or haven't been around church in a while, whatever the story is, maybe this is a moment for you, just a kind of you and Jesus moment here, where you can just say, hey, Jesus, I come to you just as I am and I ask you to make all things new in me. 
I want to start living this everyday life with you, in you, for you, and through you. You just bring your whole self to Jesus, and he brings his healing grace to you. You can whisper that prayer right now and say, Jesus, save me. Lead me. Fill me with your spirit. Guide my steps. I want to live my life for you, with you, in you, and through you. I recognize my need for you. I take my hands off the wheel and I just surrender. I join Jesus right now on the slab of Gethsemane and I lay it down and say, not my will but yours be done. You can do that right now. And thank you, Lord, for the clarity of being able to see the gift that these sacred moments are, the sacrament of this present moment. Forgive us for all the times when we're rushing ahead to what's next that we missed the gift of what is right now. And so help us take a collective deep breath in that. And then thank you, Lord, for the amazing people that you've inserted in all of our lives. For our family, circle of friends, coworkers, congregation, all the people along the way. You've brought just the right people at just the right time. And we recognize that all these gifts flow from the Father of heavenly lights. Your gifts are good. And we're so grateful. So from the depths of our hearts, we say thank you. We worship you today in Christ's name. Amen. We're going to sing one final song together. And uh, as we do so, the ushers are going to...